This is Arista's Movie Adventure, and this episode I am joined by my friend of the pod and returning guest, Terrain Myricks, as well as the incomparable Katrina Myricks. Katrina, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Arista. How are you? Not, not too bad. The weather's getting better, so, you know, I can sit indoors and look at all the birds outside and wish I could go outside. Just like our cats. <laughs> yep. I'm just <laughs> Terrain, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great after that comment. <laughs> You're very much like our cats, Arista. <laughs> hey, you guys treat the cats pretty well, so there's, yeah. uh, you know, worse things I could be. That's right. These are these these cats are they're they're the ones who are in charge here, and we need to change that. But that's how it is. So here we go. They're more than us. <laughs> uh, always remember who's in charge, I guess. Uh, so this episode is a romantic comedy kind of focus. I guess I think maybe maybe we all needed a good rom com to watch because you know we're in quarantine, coronavirus. So why not watch some feel good movies and feel good about ourselves? So uh, to that extent, the movies we are going to talk about today is to all the love, uh, all the boys I've loved before. Excuse me, the American President and the Long Shot. Um, so Katrina, you recommended to all the boys I've loved before. So why don't you give a quick, quick little intro on it? Okay. So, um, this is a movie about a high school girl, um, Laura Jean Covey. Um, she writes a bunch of fantasy love letters throughout her life to, to boys that she has crushes on. And then, um, after her sister moves away to college and she's lonely, her younger sister mails them all out, um, which results in her older sister's former boyfriend getting one and leads her to faking a romance with another recipient of her letters, uh, Peter something. Um, they, isn't the way they address names in this really weird, by the way? I feel like there's so much emphasis on everybody's name. I have a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, that leads to Peter and Laura Jean forming a real romance, conflict, hot tub makeout, um, and then in the end, actually getting together as a couple. Yeah. Which is in no way predictable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the beginning, I was like, there's no way this... Some wacky hijinks are certainly going to yeah. go down. <laughs> and let me tell you, they went down. Um, uh, so I, I want to start, I guess, with the beginning of the, of, I guess, Laura Jean. So she writes four letters? Five. Five, five letters. Um, uh, a spo- like, spoiler to my thoughts, this movie was kind of, uh, I had a hard time remembering a lot of stuff about this movie. And I've seen it three times now. Three. And I still- so I watched it originally when it came out because why not? And then um, back in February the sequel came out, and I figured why not watch it again and watch the sequel. gotta refresh that memory. And then I've watched it uh, now a third time, and I still don't remember a lot of things about it. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, the thing is, it's like I'm not even—I wouldn't even say I like, like this movie. I've seen it three times now. I can I can say with absolute certainty. I do not like this movie. I didn't think Terrain was going to like this movie. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Uh, before before we actually get in, I just want to make sure that I, I I took notes on this movie um, on on pages. Um, 
I have literally a page and like maybe one sixth of a page of notes. And four of those notes are bolded. Those bolded notes are, I don't care for this movie. I do not care for this movie. I really want to ask how much time is left, but that would be rude. And I really would like for this movie to end. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, she sends the letter. The, the recipients of the letters are Peter Kavinsky, who is, I guess, her her first kiss from seventh grade. They played spin the bottle and then they kissed. So that's one of the boys she fell in love with. Another he's one, also like the most popular guy in school. Oh yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, one of my notes is everyone is twenty five. Everyone is <laughs> everyone's twenty five years old for sure. No question. Yeah, they're, they're, everyone, every actor looks old. They don't look like high school students. I agree. <laughs> so there's Peter Kavinsky, who's you know the main love interest and you know one of the recipients. Another one was uh, this boy who is uh, what danced with her once at a dance and is now gay. So well, he was gay the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Arista. Uh oh. Well, it's time to cancel Arista. <laughs> Um, another was some 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 guy from model un was it uh was that johnny ambrose yeah yeah who you know he'll come back later um and then her next door neighbor who is also her sister's boyfriend so the movie opens up with her talking about her friendship with her next door neighbor how she like had a crush on him and then he started dating her sister so uh, the the beginning conflict, I guess, starts with everybody has fucking conflict in this movie. Everyone's conflicting because no one talks about it at all. That's my main issue with this movie is no one talks yeah. about anything. They just have like there's drama now. But- there, there, these, this, all of this, one, all of this is like super avoidable. If yeah. anybody would like talk to anybody else, like. She well, avoids. Specific, she avoids talking to everyone. She avoids. She avoids talking to. Um, I think like is it Josh Sanderson? Is oh, that what his? Yeah. I believe his last name is Sanderson, and I uh-huh. think that because they said his last name, I want to say upwards of two hundred <laughs> times in the movie. But she avoids talking to him at one point by sexually assaulting Peter. Again, his last name keeps getting mentioned, but it's so Kavinsky. I kept saying Kavinsky in my head. Kavinsky. Um, he he. She's like, oh, can't talk to him about what's going on. I guess I'll just fucking mouth kiss this guy without consent on the track in the school. Like, I guess this is okay? Question mark. Yes, but it is okay because no, it isn't. <laughs> you know, Peter is a, an attractive man, so it's okay. Um, well, yeah. Also, he's a man, so he's. By, by the way, we're supposed to say boy because they're in high school. No, he's a man. They're yeah. all men and women. <laughs> These are adult people. Um, but like that was. Can I both? Can I quick back up to like real early? Did you have a like? Did you have any at any point go? What year did this movie take place in? <laughs> I I didn't really think about it, but. Uh... No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, I was, sit- I was sitting there, and they're like, they keep making old references. the The music itself, to me, seemed like an earlier movie than the two thousands. Like them taking place in the two thousands. Then they're doing spin the bottle with like a vintage sev- a vintage glass Seven Up bottle. Um, Josh, 
uh, is that Sanderson again? Josh is just wearing double denim a bunch of, like, throughout the... I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. This guy is not from the 2000s if he's wearing a jean jacket and jeans. No. <laughs> oh, classic. Okay. I didn't, I didn't pick up on any of that stuff, but that's a, a good note to have. Um, <laughs> I So, uh, the main conflict of this movie is a love triangle, uh, or square, I guess, between Laura Jean, Peter Kavinsky, uh, Josh, her neighbor, and then what's her name? Jen, who is Peter Kavinsky's girlfriend, sort of, but also not uh, ex-girlfriend. So, so okay, so these letters get mailed out to everybody, and then Laura Jean and Peter Kavinsky decide to fake a relationship to make Jen jealous, and I guess Laura Jean's trying to make Josh jealous, but... I don't really, I don't know why any of this is happening. No one, <laughs> basically, I said it before that the plot of this movie didn't need to happen if anybody, literally anybody, just had a conversation. Yeah. Um, so Jen, so Peter's ex-girlfriend, Jen, used to be best friends with Laura Jean, but then during that spin, spin the bottle session, Laura Jean kisses Peter, and they're like, it's in seventh grade, so they're like 12 years old. And Jen was upset because she wanted to kiss Peter. And so Jen cut off the relationship and held that grudge for a long time. They're juniors in high school and Jen still hates Laura Jean because of it. So I, again, they just could have just had a conversation. It was, I, I, that was my main takeaway of this movie is just talk your feelings out. Uh, you know, yeah, but that's fair. I mean, yeah, sorry, God. I was like, Katrina, you recommended this movie, so, you know. I mean, we, I didn't recommend it. I no, no, you, no, hang on. Yes, you did. <laughs> I chose it for the podcast. I well, was saying, here's this great movie. You okay. like this movie, right? I enjoy it. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is I didn't I hate it. it's enjoyable. Yeah, I, I thought it was a nice little feel-good, cute movie. I, I think it's cute. Um, honestly, the first time I watched it, I didn't see them getting together. I thought it was setting the whole thing up for her to get with her neighbor. So, and like... you know what? I actually so yeah. In the end, they Peter and Laura Jean decide to stay together, and Josh gets the short end of the stick. And uh, Jen, I don't know. Do they become friends again? I don't. I don't no. think so. I've seen the sequel, and I don't even remember. Well, she in the they they uh, the Jen and Laura. The end of that like end of that conflict is they're in the bathroom and Jen's like you kissed him when we were in seventh grade and I wanted him and you knew it and then she left and it's like I, that's it question mark that's, yeah. the, that's the resolution to that story yeah, there's a lot of like dropped storylines in this the same thing with Josh the neighbor like what there's no there's no resolution for him either really I think that this was always set up to be more than one movie and book or whatever it was. So, I mean, obviously from seeing the sequel, she does find resolution with Jen later. Yeah. But I think, I think the important thing about that scene with Jen is that Laura Jean is a very self-centered person. Yeah. Who does not think about other people at all. I, like, so one of my notes is that. She never thought that Jen might have been hurt by that. She just thought, oh, she's evil. Yeah. Like, it's, I think oh, that's yeah. important to see. She never thought about how Josh was going to feel after getting dumped and then having his best friend stop talking to him immediately and like, yeah, 
she never she doesn't think about other people's feelings only one of one of my notes is that laura jean kind of sucks yeah she does (laughs) yeah laura jean you suck (laughs) i I think that's true and if you see the second movie she definitely really sucks like i i remember uh texting caitlin who had also seen it and i just said caitlin my girlfriend um does laura jean kind of (laughs) suck like it's kind of Lorigin's kind of the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. And I, I'm sorry. I, I'm pulling focus back to um, how this movie 100% takes place in the past. Um, so I, I wish I. I wish I had this specific right here. But I. One of the notes I took was all of the frames of reference are old as shit, and someone points it out, and I couldn't remember what character like acknowledges out loud that they're doing really old points of reference. There's all. Also, a, a quote someone says, which is, who are you supposed to be? The Pillsbury Doughboy? So there's a weird Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy reference. Um, they're t- they, they make the rules that they're doing fight club rules, which then they, one of the se- rules is no secrets, which is literally the opposite of what the fight club rule is. Well, um, it's only secrets. There's literally only secrets. There's also a quote that someone says, uh, sorry, Laura Jean says, I'm not that innocent, which is a Britney Spears reference, (laughs) like an early Britney Spears reference. And they're watching like the Golden Girls and 16 Candles. This takes place in the past, guys. You you know, this would have been a killer movie like in 2002. I agree. I think in 2002, this would work. I think it works fine early. I think now I'm like, this is, this is something. <laughs> so uh, there's another one coming out. There's a third one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if you saw the page of the third one. It's on Netflix right now, but there's no thumbnail. So it looks like a real black cloud um, and it looks really, really dark. And then when you click into it, it still looks like that dark. So it looks like the third movie uh, Laura Jean gets killed, and it's a, it's a crime thriller to figure out which of the lovers did it. Amazing! That'd be such a twist. I would uh, watch that movie as quickly as possible. Rain, did you watch the sequel? No, I no, I I don't want to. <laughs> I, I I wasn't I wasn't a fan of this one. And part of the part another thing that I had a a, a big problem with was. I at one point lost track of who, who these dudes were. So Josh and Peter, when they went into a room, I didn't know which one was which. And I was like, <laughs> just kind of waiting for uh, someone to say a name. So I'm like, good. I know it's that one now. Well, good thing. Cause they say it's a yes, they do. It was really, but one of the, like, I noticed it happening a bunch, but then like, later on in the movie, I'm like, I don't know what this guy's last name is, and they won't say it again. <laughs> I need them to. Like, he, uh, it was, I think it was Peter, but he's like, good night, Laura Jean. And she's like, good night, and leaves. And I'm just like, shit, why didn't you say his name, too, <laughs> so I can figure out who this is? I will say uh, my favorite line in the movie was when, so... They're have, Laura Jean and Peter are fighting in, in the front yard, in Laura Jean's front yard. It's the middle of the night. She asked Peter to leave, and he's like, no, 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 let's talk this out, which is the right call, Laura Jean. Have a conversation. But she goes, no, no, leave. And then out of the shadows comes uh, Josh, <laughs> wearing his double denim and a hoodie. 
And then she asks you to leave. And then Peter calls him a bony bear wannabe. And I was like, that, that was I a parent reference. Yes. That, that cut deep as, you know, <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> Double denim on calling him a bony bear wannabe was perfect. A perfect, perfect line. I very much liked that line. I liked that scene. I thought that was just hilariously funny. <laughs> where it's so unnecessary like it just was it was the scene that they put in there to cause more drama because the fight's being heard out loud and now the sister is like oh you liked josh sanderson my ex before i left to go to scotland after i broke up with josh sanderson but you're supposed to be with peter kaczynski okay like it's <laughs> it's just like it, it just was so much unnecessary drama that happened yeah. Um, there was a line that I thought was kind of bananas, which was, um, I guess Peter had done something nice for Laura Jean and she said the growth the so he got something for her from the Korean grocery store. And she's like, the Korean grocery store is all the way across town. And I'm like, he has a car. <laughs> like, how big is your town? Like, where do you guys live? That that's a, he drives you to school every day. He, he can get to the Korean grocery store. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's set in Portland, but you know I don't know how big Portland, Oregon is. I don't know. If I, I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. I, if it's in Portland, it's probably a it's a larger. Still, he has a car. I'm I'm not sold on it. <laughs> I'm not sold. Yeah. Um, I just googled real quick Korean grocery stores in Portland, and <laughs> there's like a bunch. So there's at least three. So I think it's fine. Um, what else? The 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 added drama with the the youngest sister. She was. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Before I, I launch into this, yeah. I want to I want to say you know writing out your feelings is, is a good like uh, coping mechanism. So if you're having repressed feelings or something and you want to write it all out and write a letter, that's fine and dandy. Why did she stamp them and address them? Yes, that's, she didn't stamp. What? Yes, the little sister put the stamps on. Oh, she didn't address them, though. She addressed them, and the little sister just paid for postage. Because that's one of her lines. She's like, "I didn't. Well, I didn't put stamps on them." Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So, but why did she address them? That's so. And put them in envelopes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's psychotic like again i 100 percent agree with you it is a great coping mechanism to write a letter usually you like write the letter and then like light the letter on fire or some nonsense like that it's not nonsense but you know what i mean i'm trying to be glib but <laughs> like usually you do that she's like let me <laughs> put the letter let me put it in this envelope let you write the address for the person yeah, I'll lick the envelope and seal it up real good. And then the one day I decide to get stamps, I'm golden for these. That was crazy to me. That made no sense. I yeah. also think that that little sister is a monster, and Laura Jean should have strangled her, like, yesterday. Yep, yep. Uh, she's even worse in the sequel, too, The Little Sister. Uh, very annoying. Like what? Oh, how? Explain. I she was annoying. Explain. I thought she was funky. No, she sucked, man. <laughs> she sucked. I hated I her. Honestly, really think Laura Jean sucks. That's, I agree. That's my no, answer. I think she's the worst character in this whole movie. She's she doesn't stand up for herself when she needs to. She doesn't communicate her feelings effectively, other than to write them in letters and then decompartmentalize them literally in a box in her closet. I, I she she could have done a lot better. 
she's got like a huge victim complex sort of thing going on like she thinks she is like, <laughs> the least popular like nobody would ever pay any attention she's beautiful she she's seemed like she was girl. she seemed like she was doing fine at school and she, yeah. just, she acts like she's nothing like that lunch scene where she's going around she has nobody to sit with she's all like depressed like if you talk to anybody, you'd be fine. Yeah. Like, and then just acts like nobody pays any attention to her. Nothing she does could possibly affect anybody else. And I just, yeah, I think that's annoying. Yeah. Uh, can I, I know that we're at our, I know that we're at probably at the end of this, but can I just really quick bring up the hot tub scene? Oh uh, yeah. I, I did want to talk about that. So go for it. On what planet are you on a ski trip? With uh, with your entire class, and nobody else is at the hot tub, and you're the only one who goes in the hot tub. That was fucking bananas. It's just him chilling in the hot tub, just like somberly soaking. And I'm like, no, it would be like a bunch of people in there, like going, "Dude, you got it. This is great, right? Check that lady out." Like, what? I, I guess they're in New York now. I don't know. Like that. That to me was bananas. That it's just him sitting alone, and then she can come up, and again, it's just them. And then she does like a, you know, like one of those, like, again, they're adults because if not, like, what we watched would have been a crime. Um, but, like, yeah, that to me was like, there's no reason there's only one person in the hot tub. I don't believe you. I've gone to a place that had a hot tub and I can never find one with just that. Oh, I can only get in. Yeah. yeah. He's like the most popular guy at school. And, you know, him and his boys are all on the ski trip, and he's the only one chilling in that hot tub. Um, I guess, well, hang on. The only other the only other way that makes sense is they kept saying, you know, you know what happens on the ski trip. Like, everybody <laughs> fucks each other on the ski trip. Yeah. So the only other likely uh, scenario is every other child there was having sex with another child. That... I don't want to think too much about that, but I don't want to either, but that's what the movie posited. The movie posited a world where the only reason that no one else is like, he's only in there because no one's fucking him at that moment. That's why he's in that hot tub. Correct. Correct. Uh, so I'm not going to get asked back on this podcast after that quote. (laughs) I, uh, okay. So I did just remember another one of my favorite lines is early on when uh, Laura Jean and Peter Kavinsky are on the track and she does this whole like fainting thing and stands back up and he's like, I need to talk to Peter. Uh, her friend who was with Laura Jean at the time goes, it's okay, I'm going to go to the nurse's, uh, nurse's office and Google pictures of Justin Trudeau shirtless. <laughs> Another yeah, her quirky friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another current reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of cliches in this movie, which, you know, why not? It's fine. It's a it's a high school teen rom com, so they're gonna happen. Uh, the fainting from shock trope I thought was too over the top. Where uh-huh. when she's on the track, that scene where she's on the track and Peter's like, "Hey, I'm really flattered," and then she looks down and see him holding the letter, and then she just falls over. <laughs> right, right, and then yeah, she's just down for the count. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought my boy Josh he got shafted, oh, so. Yeah. He, like, is dating, you know, his next-door neighbor, the, literally the girl next door, then she dumps him so she can go to college in Scotland and, you know, presumably fuck them Scottish boys. And so he's... <laughs> oh. 
he, I mean, I get it, but you know, so he's all sad. And then he gets a letter from Laura Jean that says like, I've always loved you. I've had a huge crush on you, et cetera. But then Laura Jean refuses to talk to him. And so, and then nothing happens. Like he's just shafted. That's it. That's the end for him. So yeah. that's yeah, his 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 arc was like real lame. It was just like you know he seemed according. Why did not kill himself? Like yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> uh, based on what like based on what it what was happening there, it's just like he seemed like a good guy. He seemed like a good boyfriend. He wanted he like immediately was like yeah I'm gonna go visit her in Scotland once we like this is gonna be great. And again, uh, an issue that could have been solved with a conversation beforehand um, turned into well now he's being broken up with. And, you know, uh, now he's, like, sad for the rest of the movie. And, uh, you know, the Scotland girl doesn't want him anymore. And her sister doesn't want him anymore. He's just like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, it it was just rough for him. It was real sad. Wearing his double denim creeping around in... (laughs) in I know. Complaining about jocks. Yeah. That was his main complaint about Peter. He's a jock. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing is like they said that Peter sucked, but he didn't. I thought he was like a cool dude. He was like, like the best character. No, he was not. No. 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 That, that, that mean that mean Genevieve was rude to Laura Jean in the first like what, half an hour of the movie? And Peter's just like, Oh, you know, she's probably just whoop whoop whoop, I guess whatever, and then leaves. Like yeah, he, it was his girlfriend. I, yeah, you if you were rude to somebody, I'm gonna tell you. That's not cool. But he's not like a bully or he's not like a stereotypical like bad boy or anything like that. That's what I meant. True. He's not like a stereotypical jock where he's like, Yeah, like, oh me and my bros are so cool. Let's go egg these nerds. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> all right. Like it's not yeah, so um, I thought a stronger ending to this movie would have been if Laura Jean did not get back, get with Peter and just, you know, had some realization that, she, you know, I don't need a man, actually. You know, so, something like that. Uh, just some sort of character growth where it just ended with her not, in fact, needing to define herself by the boys she previously had crushes on. Something like that. I don't know. I'm just kind of spitballing. That could have been such a better ending, but, you know. I think a better ending is Laura Jean kind of realizing, oh, I'm like the worst. (laughs) And then the movie just fades to black. (laughs) Like, it it doesn't, like, we don't go through her apologizing to anybody. We don't get, she's just like, oh, wow, I treat people really poorly. Credits. Before we wrap this up, I have one final thing to talk about. It's just more of a fun fact about this movie. Uh, So this movie is produced by a man named Jordan Levin. uh, And Jordan Levin used to work for the NFL as the chief content officer. He (laughs) he won three Emmys for producing All or Nothing, the Amazon documentary, uh, Hard Knocks on HBO, and uh, uh, something else as well. And then he followed that up with producing this movie. So I just... I don't know why I thought that was interesting. Just a little tidbit to throw out there. Um, Katrina, do you have anything more to say about this movie at all? No. Do you want my rating? Yeah, sure. What would you kind of give it out of 10? I would give it a six, I think. I I think it it, content wise, it wasn't great, but I did enjoy watching it. Out of all the movies, I think I enjoyed watching it the most. Ooh, that's full. Okay. All right. (laughs) 
And I do want to mention I got a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. So. I know. <laughs> I know. I was that waiting again. for him to mention that because he's a hawk with that. That again. We pulled up the we pulled up the Rotten Tomato scores for all of these movies, and I am just baffled by them. I'm not kidding. It is it is phenomenal. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Turin, any final thoughts for you? And if you have any ratings or anything? Yes, my final thought is, um, keeping up with, um, you know, uh, high school movie tropes, uh, the movie seemed to have no adults um, on the, on the, in the school sports realm. Because um, the kids are able to go onto the, she's yeah. able to walk onto the, f- the field, yeah. the track, <laughs> whatever make out with whomever like he like at it looks like the, the movie at the end was the end of that practice and he's apparently just the kids are all like i guess practice is over and they leave by the, he's leave he's just there by himself makes no sense the movie's like no nope, no one's coaching these kids it's fine um i would say i'd give that a two out of ten that was not enjoyable it was not enjoyable it was pretty pretty pedestrian for a for you know it was it was it's like i've seen literally all of these tropes before so two out of ten not good i I agree with literally both of you i i have the exact same thoughts both of you had i i didn't hate myself watching this movie i actually kind of enjoyed it It it's cute you know like i said i've seen it freaking three times now so i guess maybe jokes on me and i am a fan of this but uh, i would agree with a six out of ten you know it was a cliche high school netflix rom-com uh but you know i didn't hate it i would say and i, I don't want to talk too much about this but i would say if you are looking for a rom-com on netflix the movie always be my baby maybe is a way better choice it's a better choice i actually disagree with that ooh, it, ooh. You know, it's, it's, we watched it together and it was boring it was it was boring it was better than this though i don't think so I didn't, think <laughs> ooh, didn't mean to get controversial with that <laughs> yeah we're gonna we're gonna fight and divorce <laughs> after this all right so keeping up with the uh romantic comedy uh, or is this a drama uh the romantic movie theme uh, the next movie is The American President, which was suggested by Terrain. Can you give a little intro for this? I certainly can. Um, I suggested The American President, directed by Rob Reiner, written by the incomparable Aaron Sorkin. Um, it has President Andrew Shepard, played by Michael Douglas, trying to get a um, <laughs> trying to get a crime bill passed through. <laughs> this is great. This is my movie. Uh, trying to get a crime bill passed through Congress, as well as a um, climate change bill passed through Congress, because what, what? This was ahead of its time. Um, while all, all while falling for the, um, the, the environmental lobbyist, um, played by Annette Benning, um, named Cindy, Sydney Ellen Wade. Um, this was, I mean, overall a lovely movie. And if you don't think, if you don't think so, ask the AFI 100 who called this the 75th best love American love story. I had that as one of my notes, too. Yes. Oh, I was never going to... This got nominated for Golden Globes, and I'm, I'm like, this. The, I'm, of course, going to talk about the AFI greatest love story thing. Yep, so as I put it on, the intro came on, and I just... I wrote my note. I wrote down, bolded, this is some West Wing shit. Yep. And then I looked, obviously, it's the same 
people behind West Wing did this. So nifty. Uh, you could tell that it's an Aaron Sorkin film. All the dialogue is like Aaron Sorkin-y. I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's just... It uh, started with a walk and talk. The yeah. first scene was a walk and talk. Walk it, and talk, people saying things you'd never hear them say in real life, having conversations in ways you never hear people talk to each other. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. It yeah. had people fast talking, people talking very, very quickly, because for a lot of his writing, um, including this movie, he was high on crack cocaine <laughs> while he wrote it. <laughs> That's another, that another one of your one of your fun facts about it. Yep, doing my thunder here. This was like so clearly a prequel to the West Wing. It sure was. Like the the theme music was so similar. Yes, many of the same actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the it was the same set of people basically. Like you don't normally see those. Um, I don't even know. It's like the communications director and everything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Lyman was Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox <laughs> was Josh Lyman, pretty much. <laughs> like, you can match up the characters. The, it's, it was crazy. I think uh, maybe I would have liked it more if I hadn't seen all the West Wing already. <laughs> I, I've never seen the West Wing. I've only watched maybe three episodes. So, I, uh, you know, uh, from my perspective, I just figured, like, yep, this is some West Wing shit right away. So, nifty. Um I do like the opening scene where uh, after they do the walk and talk and they all sit down in the Oval Office, uh, the president and his advisors all kind of discuss strategy on the crime bill. Uh, I, really, I thought that was a great scene, a good way to introduce the characters and kind of give their personalities, like Michael J. Fox kind of inputting in on like, no, we need to go after handguns or, or whatever he said. Right. Martin kind of like the, no, let's be realistic. I, I, really, I thought that was a really tight and good scene for the movie. Uh, I I agree. I, I think I think that it 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 uh, really you're absolutely right. It, it encompassed who these people were. Um, it gave them you know their their characteristics of you know being tenacious and uh, snarky and um, you know like they 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 had those. It it, it clearly uh, kind of defined who these characters were. Um, so I I very much loved it. I I loved I loved the first scene. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, this movie is funny. Like, there's some funny parts of this movie that I legitimately laughed out loud. Uh, the scene where uh, Sydney first meets the president, and where she like goes on this monologue and kind of shits all over him, and then he is like is standing behind her the whole time, and then they go in the Oval Office and discuss continue that scene. I thought it was hilarious. I really thought mm-hmm. it was funny. Um, yeah, if you go through that, <laughs> or you can't go through that door, Sydney. Who's gonna stop me? Probably the Secret Service. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, there were some other other scenes I thought were really funny that sadly I didn't write my note on, but uh, Annette Benning uh, turning into like a high school girl when she's on the phone is great for me. I very much like watching Annette Benning talk on the phone. Um, when she was on the phone and like they are like, but this is Andrew Shepard, the president, and she's like, oh yeah, real funny. I can't remember the name of the person, but she's like, real funny, and just kept hanging up on him. I was like, this is fantastic. This, it still holds up. Uh, the scene where the president's ordering the flowers. He's like, what's the state flower of Virginia? The dogwood. Can I get dogwoods? It's a tree. And <laughs> conferences back and forth with the yes like uh, a tree the dog is also a flower is who is this it's the president yeah okay and they hang up 
he spent most of the. You could argue that the the like pre- premise of the movie is the president tries to get flowers personally for a woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know this is a product of the nineties. It came out in nineteen ninety five. Yes. That being said, I hated Sydney's haircut. I really truly. <laughs> I she had like one or two bangs that would come down and it just annoyed me the whole time because every scene where she moves her head it would like bounce around and it's the only thing I was looking at the whole time I was really annoyed um yeah so her hair is similar to that of Amy Klobuchar when people were complaining that one debate when Amy Klobuchar's hair was moving around it was I, I, I don't know about that, but I did take a note that says Sydney looks just like Elizabeth Warren. And that's not even good. <laughs> I thought I thought maybe and I could be wrong, but I thought Amy had like in one of the debates her hair was similar. You're right, it's not the same. I see it now, I'm looking at it. I think it was just the I think it was just the movement of it that sometimes ladies' hair moves. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes short hair moves and it's like, whoa, ladies, knock that shit off. <laughs> I uh that scene where he takes her into the Oval Office to flirt with her, um, which is, that was absolutely what he was doing. Uh, I found that really uncomfortable because I, she was uh, very uncomfortable. Yes. Like, that was such a power move. Yes. And yeah, I, I, I thought that was icky. Sure. So, was literally, my next question was going to be, Katrina, how do you feel about this as a Me Too movie? <laughs> I, I'm not a fan. Uh, a man using his position of power... <laughs> That's exactly what he did. Wait. That is exactly. <laughs> Wait. His first date was a state dinner. Hang on. Yeah. Accompanying the person to a state. She, when she accepted that invite, she was not accepting it as a date with him. She, she said, I don't know I'll, I'd be proud to represent my country with you. And did you hear her as she said it? That wasn't like, hang that on. <laughs> let's, let's be clear. I think she, I think she was in on the flirting when it come, when it came to the state dinner, especially when the dancing was happening, by the way, and this is not just for this movie, but for any movie. Um, when people, firstly, they were the only two dancing. So that bothered me. I thought yeah. it was kind of weird, but then they were making intense eye contact while they were dancing, and I also don't like that. <laughs> I don't like when two people are dancing, and they're looking each other dead in the eye, and it seems like neither of them are blinking. That really weirds me out. It's real skeevy. I don't like it. Yeah, and, and not only that power thing, like, she tried to say no to him with a lot of things multiple times, and he just refused to accept her nose, which bothered me, too. So... I didn't like but not that. in a wait. But oh, not oh, in a, yeah, definitely not in that kind of way. But he is the fucking president, so right. When but, he's saying you can't say no to me, it kind of carries more weight than a normal guy. That she is a walk away from. She is a lobbyist who can use her position to end his presidency. Like she wasn't like. Oh yeah, she's her, the one with all the she, power. I'm not right? saying that, but I'm also not saying that she's like she's not his intern. You can tell this movie came out. I was going to say intern terrain. Are you referencing something specific? Yeah, this is something something I know about. (laughs) Uh, So does the president not have a vice president? That doesn't seem to fucking come up ever. I don't think there was one. I don't think they cast one. (laughs) Like, I literally, I think that he, there was none. There was no... 
any sort of um, inkling of there being a vice president. Um, no, that was like you someone. What'd you say? If you watch the West Wing, I don't think Aaron Sorkin doesn't really have much uh, respect for vice presidents. Yeah, but yeah. but at so least he the, didn't want to include them. To be fair, the vice president in the West Wing had like a way bigger story, though. Yeah, eventually, but it started out as this guy's a joke. Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, I've watched it more than you. <laughs> stop, stop doing that to me. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, yeah. So at the very, so the conflict comes down to uh, them trying to whip votes in the House, uh, in Congress, I should say, uh, in general, in order to pass this crime bill. Crime bill while they have the positive popularity. The president's enjoying, what, a 67% approval rating? 63%. 63% approval rating. So they figured now is the time to strike uh, to pass this crime bill to, uh, you know, get reelected. And while he's dating Sydney, his, uh, excuse me, his popularity is going down. Uh, the president is a widower, so th- it's implied very heavily that he won because his opponent was uh, afraid of attacking him because his wife had just passed away. Uh, so the his opponent, which was played by Richard Dreyfus really well, uh, the senator from Kansas, the Republican. Senator Rumson looked just like Dick Cheney yeah. and was just as a dick, <laughs> just as much of a dick as Dick Cheney was. So, the, yeah, so the main conflict is both Sydney is working to, to whip these votes and the president uh, are trying to whip these votes and his popularity is falling his re-election is in question, and the strain of passing this bill is putting a damper on his relationship with Sydney, and that's the conflict. And in the very end, this was something, another kind of, I mean, I wrote this as a joke, completely ruined the realism. Is he allowed to give a campaign speech in the White House briefing room? Because that's exactly what happened at the end. He gives a speech directly attacking the Kansas senator uh, for attacking him and campaigning. And sort of gives a campaign speech. Is that legally allowed? Well, I don't think it was. It wasn't actually a campaign speech because it wasn't like it literally wasn't a workshop speech. They didn't have. He was like there was no teleprompter. He wasn't. It wasn't anything written down. He was literally responding to uh, the media, which is what you do from the press briefing room. Yeah. The media kept. The media asked a lot of questions about his relationship with Sidney Ellen Wade. They um, continued to badger him about it. They. Um, allowed Rumson, well, actually he and um, his actions allowed Rumson to uh, frame the narrative, so he was changing the narrative. So he, he was doing that from the briefing room. I, I, I didn't see a problem with it. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> did you see a problem with it? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Yes, I did. I told, first of all, I told you about the, the um, uh, dancing while looking directly <laughs> in the eyes, but also, we'll, get, we'll probably get to it, I would think, but the sex and nervousness scene was weird to me. Oh, the... With the scene where they uh, have sex for the first time? Well, no, no, no. The the when the lead up. So they're they're in the room, and he's like, "You know what your problem is? Uh, you're nervous about sex." And uh, there, a lot of first ladies have been in this room with the president, and you know what? They weren't nervous about sex. Want to know why? Because they were married to their president husbands at the time. You're afraid to get physical with me because blah 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 blah. And I'm like. I think maybe you should give her a fucking chance to say something about this. <laughs> like I literally, I, that one, that one, I, I, that one does not age well for me. Cause I'm looking at it and I'm like, he doesn't seem to like care at all about what that her. She doesn't, 
what her no. what her actual thoughts are. But then she leaves the room and comes back without pants on. So I mean, fucking, he got it done. Yeah. I think I think one of the the. <laughs> big things that bothered me is he did not show any concern for her career yes one point no that's right until the until the end he really didn't i agree he did it when she left that's it yeah well she got yeah but he's like oh man i really fucked up her career he kept deciding i don't care if this hurts my approval rating like this is what i want Never once is he like, "Hey, I know your boss doesn't like this. Are you come? Is there anything I can do?" I would like to th- like that sort of shit. I would like to think that off screen they uh-huh. had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that off off screen they had a conversation because they had conversations on screen about his presidency, and I think the the movie framed it as that's the thing we're supposed to care about. We're not supposed to care that she's a lobbyist. We're not supposed to care about the bill that she's trying to get passed until like the end. Um, when, and we're only supposed to care about it in the frame of their relationship. I agree with you. That's pretty shitty for the movie to kind of like overlook her uh, as a professional being at all. What, uh, what was the scene where they had to take care of the Libyan crisis or the crisis in Libya. Uh, I, I, I don't remember much about it. This It's been about yes. a the movie. Um, the quote was he had to, um, he had, they had to do a proportional response attack on Libya because of something that happened. I don't, honestly don't remember what it was, yeah. um, but they did the proportional response attack. They went to another room and they were talking and someone's like, you're going to look really presidential from what you did there. And he's like, you know, there's someone, there's someone on the cleaning crew um, in a Libyan hospital that doesn't know that they're, that they're about to die, that I signed um, their death warrant. That I called for their, I called for their death, not, uh, you know, like 20 minutes ago. And he said, the quote was, you've just seen me uh, use the, sorry, you've just seen me do the least presidential thing I do. Um, So I, I, that was, that was powerful as shit. Yeah, I like that scene. Uh, the question I wrote down is: killing uh, like that Libyan janitor <laughs> worth the you know consequences, the the reaction right. response. So, you know, and that's obviously you could extrapolate that to modern politics uh, as well. You know, um, yeah, so, good scene. Uh, whenever, whenever we, whenever something gets bombed, we're like, look how presidential we are. It's like, yeah. no, <laughs> like yeah. let's stop doing that media. Yeah, exactly. Like, what what was. I don't want to get too much into this, but when what did when uh, President Trump uh, bombed Afghanistan and it was like the largest bomb ever uh, since like a nuclear since the nuclear bomb and the media immediately wait, wait hang on hang on hang on hang on I don't know if that's exactly right of all bombs <laughs> the biggest bomb since little boy or sorry fat boy and little man I don't remember is that what they were called <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't, but I, I do remember that we did, that there was an attack and the, the media was like, look at how presidential he is. This is the moment he became the president. It's like, fucking, please don't like, don't give him incentive to do other horrible yeah. stuff. <laughs> anyway. I think in this movie, it's important to frame it as it's not just a romance. This is like Aaron Sorkin political love story. Yeah. Like just about the politics. You could take Sydney out of this whole film and it would be Aaron Sorkin's love story. <laughs> I, it's just like a wet dream of how he wishes politics would go. And idealism. He gets reelected with his 
gun restrictions and the crime bill passing and 20% reduction in emissions and they're all fine with him having sex with this lady in the White House. Like, no. This shit would not fly at all. He would not have gotten reelected. None of those bills would have passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my question is, realistically, uh, do you guys think this would have even sniffed uh, reality, you know? What year is it? Because <laughs> if it's now, I don't think this fucking matters at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if it's this year, I don't think it fucking matters at all. <laughs> so it really kind of depends on who the president is and what standards we're holding that one to at the time. Yeah. Uh, this So this came out before the West Wing, so you have to wonder if he did this and went, I want to keep doing this, but in a more serialized extended format on yeah. TV. <laughs> I would say this, that... that, that um, uh, Michael uh, Douglas's president, uh, Shepard, really, you know, has some echoes of Jed Bartlett in the West Wing. Um, it is, it, it's the way that, and again, it's it's Sorkin writing, A so it's it's the direct right, it's the Sorkin voice. In the yeah. West Wing. It, but I mean, like, let's be real, Michael. Uh, sorry, um, Ma- well, Michael J. Fox is very Josh Lyman. I agree. Um, Martin Sheen as Leo AJ, McGarry. who is essentially Leo Leo McGarry. Let's be clear, Michael. Uh, sorry, um, Martin Sheen's more likable than than um, Leo McGarry. That's just by nature being, you know. Uh, but but yes, again, it was it was my best fr- it was my best friend from childhood that I helped get elect, and now I didn't run because I wanted I because I was the guy behind him, and now we're, we were best friends. Now we're working together, but still best. Friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it had it had all sorts. Also, for some dumb reason, Josh Molina is there. Yep. We don't know why, Josh but he's Molina. there. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Anna Devere, uh, Devere yep. Smith was in both the West Wing and this. In fact, Michael J. Fox was also in the West Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, you know, just what's going on there. This movie was great. This movie was great. I will say before. People of color is another thing. Oh, can we real quick. Most of them were service people. Can we real quick talk about how, uh, the, the super racist, um, black trope of, um, un, like, un, uh, not, not caring, um, black, a person working the front desk at a place who's on the phone with somebody else like you know what's in my hammer you know what's going on yeah like she's on the phone in the flower shop and i'm just like "Ooh, this is racist as shit (laughs) i'm like this is the most racist scene i've seen in a bit now (laughs) yeah i guess i didn't think about it but you're not wrong um, it's essentially it's essentially if there was a name for the trope it would be sassy uh sorry sassy black nurse like, like it's like a nurse, uh, nurse who's working at the nurses station, and someone comes up and they're like, "Hey, do you know where am I?" And I'm like, and they're like, eh, "I'm busy right now. Give me a second. Like, I see that everywhere. It's it's uh, fucking awful. Just, and I mean, to be fair, uh, he did it once in this movie, and Scrubs did it for seven seasons. Before they say, killed that nurse. Oh yeah, just call it out, Nurse Roberts. <laughs> nurse Laverne Roberts. She is one hundred percent. She oh sorry, she died in season six. But anyway, so spoiler alert for uh, Scrubs. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> right. so before I kind of wrap this up, I, I do want to say I thought this movie was a little too long. Uh, You're two- wrong. So move on. <laughs> train, train. There's two separate montages about them whipping boats in time passing. <laughs> that 
That's so true. <laughs> that that didn't need to happen. Uh, they could have kind of trimmed the fat a little bit, and it would have been just as good of a movie. Uh, so that's my one chief complaint, I think, other than uh, some of the other stuff we mentioned. But that's that's that. Um, Katrina, do you have any kind of final thoughts or anything else you want to mention about this movie? I think I was just in general uncomfortable with the dynamics of the relationship, but I think it was entertaining. You know, it was Aaron Sorkin, so it was funny and well done overall. I just don't like the content in a lot of ways. So that's that's basically my final thought. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. So you liked it? A little more than uh, to all the boys I've loved before. So I don't think yeah, she I liked it a little I, more. I think she thought it was better. Is that right? Right. Yes. Sorry. I, 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 that's an important. Hang on. Hang on. Let me talk for you. I'm the man. Um. um so what happened is. She... <laughs> yeah, I think it was overall less enjoyable just because of the uncomfortableness that, mm. that came from it. But it was a better done movie. Like it's a, it's a quality movie. Completely fair. So I, I can't argue with that. That's actually, I, I agree. Uh, Terrain, what about you? Any final final thoughts? Anything else you want to say about uh, a, couple I wanna, a couple of things I want to point out um, just real quick. Uh, one, this should be higher on uh, American love stories. This is a beautiful <laughs> love story between the president and Sidney Ellen Wade. And I absolutely love it. And they're in love. And I bet that they were awesome when, when he, she was probably awesome in, uh, on the re-election uh, campaign. Um Two, uh, the w- one weird thing that happened was um, with uh, Senator Rumson when uh, they found out that like uh, uh, Sidney Ellen Wade slept over at the White House. It was snowing that day, and someone gave him the news, and he just goes, he just goes. I, I put the quote in there because it was just so. He's like, "It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas," and I'm like, "Oh, that's so creepy." <laughs> also, one last thing I wanted to mention: um, they were at Camp David and they were channel flipping, and there was just one random show. I'm not, you might not have caught it if you weren't watching, you didn't catch it. Um, when they were flipping through the channels, there was a black and white show and a guy just spanked a woman on the ass. Like she was like, she, he was punishing her and they just kept flipping the channel and no one acknowledged it. Um, <laughs> that was fucking crazy. I thought that that film was amazing. I give it a 9.5 out of 10. Cool. Really? Yeah. I feel like you're not even acknowledging this. I am. That's the 0. 0.5. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Terrain, and, and, you're going to get next for not an out the Me Too movement. Oh man. Yeah, I'm, I'll admit, this is some treacherous water I'm swimming in. <laughs> no, no. It's, yeah. So I uh, I kind of would give it a 7 out of 10, to be honest. Uh, it's For all the things we've already talked about, the, the kind of uncomfortableness, I thought it was too long. But it was good. It was very tightly written. It was very well written. Um, it was a little idealistic. I mean, uh, the president, <laughs> yeah, right. The, the president of the United States shacking up with a lobbyist, and no one really cares except for the one republic, like, except for the opposition, opposition party. Like, uh, I, I think uh, if that were to happen today, the Chapo Trap House crowd would be just. Well, no, 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 let's be clear, they'd be fine with this, because he was shacking up with a clean energy, um, uh, yeah, glo- uh, climate change lobbyist, if he was shacking up with, like, a healthcare lobbyist, then, fuck yeah, the the left would straight up end that guy, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, uh, in a sense, I think that, I think that, mod- uh, sorry, conservative Democrats who love fossil fuels, Joe Manchin would have lost his mind. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, in order to keep the theme of uh, politics and romance, <laughs> I, uh, I suggested the wonderful movie called The Long Shot from last year, 2019. It's got Seth Rogen and uh, Charlize Theron in it, in which uh, Seth Rogen is a journalist, uh, kind of an activist journalist. He writes uh, politically charged pieces and certainly skews uh, to the left pieces. And his uh, babysitter from when he was uh, 12 is now currently the current Secretary of State, Charlize Theron. And she is announcing a run, she's leading up to announce a run for the president. And so she brings Seth Rogen on to be a speechwriter. And uh, the sparks kind of fly as they fall in love and do some, get in some wacky antics. And then while she, while they propose a, uh, another like environmental bill uh, and environmental policy. And he writes his speeches for her, or he writes her speeches for her and uh, so on and so forth. So I guess, before I continue, Katrina, what did you think of this movie? Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am so incredibly tired of seeing Seth Rogen as the love interest for <laughs> Dead Gorgeous Women when he sucks. Like, he sucks. <laughs> Tell me what about his character? Like, you could see from the beginning, Charlize Theron was supposed to be clicking with him, had the chemistry, was attracted right away. Why? <laughs> Why? Like, they made it seem like she was so down with him kissing her when he was 13 years old and she was 16. No. Yep. Like, ugh, gross. Yep. I'm sick of it. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's, it's because you know he has the same ideals and strong convictions that she wants to publicly display but can't because she has to think of her political uh, aspirations so obviously she can't be as I, I don't know I'm trying to think of something here <laughs> that's what she finds attractive in him is his ability to really write some really bad articles right <laughs> right um, can can we just before we before we go into this? Can we just be like? Can we all level? He's a bad writer as like a character. Like that yeah. character couldn't write for shit. No. All of the he gave he gave the Secretary of State with a straight face. He handed her a laptop uh, for her to read a joke that had quote butt fucking the earth yes. unquote as a joke. Yes. I'm like he's a bad writer. Fire I him. Mean, that's- that's how he writes as the real person Seth Rogen thinks is funny. So, like, I was so surprised when Terrain told me Seth Rogen didn't write this film. Yeah. Like, because this was a Seth Rogen film. Yes. The stupid jokes, the gross, gross-out sex comedy that <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> like, like, this is how he writes his movies, and it's not fucking funny. So I, his character was the exact same way. Yeah, I, I have one of my notes is Seth Rogen kind of sucks as a writer, but they keep saying he's good. Uh, question mark, question mark. <laughs> uh, so it begins, I, I want to talk about the opening scene. Uh, the 
because there's one specific thing I thought was really funny is it opens up with Seth Rogen doing some like in some undercover journalism at a um, uh, like a white nationalist kind of meeting, and uh, they they say that this man here was brought in by our good brother Arian Grande. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. 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 That's not a terrible joke. I'll admit that. <laughs> and then when when they find out that he's a journalist and Jewish, the look on Arian Grande's face is so devastated and like really truly not just like, oh, get him out of here. He's like a traitor. It's more of a why would you do this to me face? How could you? How could you? <laughs> um so Train, what do you think of the politics in this movie? Like, he's trying to push an environment bill called, it was like bees, trees, and I don't remember. So my question is, and going through the politics and the media about this movie, does this posit a world, so my question here is, um, because she seemed to care about environmental issues, so that hints as being a Democrat, right? They're Democrats, Right. So, so does this posit in a world where the Democrats had Fox News, but they were still like, because they said that it was called Wembley. It was like the Wembley Channel or whatever. Wembley Media. They said Wembley Media is the ones who got that president elected, but... <laughs> they never made it clear what party either, either the president or her were from. Right. But I'm, so what I was kind of like, what I was kind of hinting at is like, it's like, again, it, it has her going for this like important climate change legislation, which a Republican wouldn't really do in this specific moment in time. So to me, it really reeked of, okay, they're a democratic administration, but then I'm like, the channel is still doing like the same Fox news style, super sexist, gross stuff. I mean, it was Fox and Friends. Yeah. It was, they were doing Fox and Friends, by the way, Fox and Friends with Paul Shear and Kurt Brownoller and Claudio Odardi. I'd watch that every day. <laughs> I'd watch that every day. Kurt Brownoller's jokes was, were, were amazing. The joke where he was talking about, could a woman, uh, when he, when he said essentially like, uh, can a woman around the country will ask Chris Brown, Jeremy Piven, and uh, I couldn't remember the third one. Uh, just, just bafflingly funny uh, the way he delivered those lines. Yeah. Yep. So I want to. Okay. So the main conflict in the movie comes where uh, the media mogul, the, the the head of Wembley, his name is Parker Wembley, when he kind of pushes uh, Charlie Theron's character to remove some portions of this uh, environment bill that she's pushing, uh, environmental policy she's pushing. So Seth Rogen kind of comes at odds with her about it. Can I just say? The, he's the best character in the whole movie, the best acted, because it's Andy Serkis under a bunch of prosthetic, and I did not know that. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that, because I didn't know it was Andy Serkis at all. It was Andy Serkis under makeup and prosthetics, playing a Rupert Murdoch type, and that was perfect. It was amazing. Like, uh, the best, part of, best act, actor in the whole movie. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't know that at all. That is... That is something. Okay. I would, I would say... I liked a lot of the supporting characters. I I liked a lot of what was going on in the background. I liked Charlize Theron. My main problem with this film was Seth Rogen. Yes, like, correct. On a lot of levels. So what is your problem with Seth Rogen getting with people like Charlize Theron or Katherine Heigl or Rose Byrne? Why does that seem well, to bother you so much? Hold on, hold on. To be fair, the, main, the movie Knocked Up, which you referenced, was literally about him being trash. 
So <laughs> right, but it's her, him being trash and her falling in yeah. love with him. He's trash in all of these movies, <laughs> and they still fall in love with him every time. Like I just, I, I can't stand. It's, it's just the sexism you constantly see in in Hollywood. And I, I sound shitty for saying Seth Rogen is not attractive enough for these people, uh, but he's not. Um, <laughs> Why, why don't we ever see like a less conventionally attractive woman as his love interest? Or why can't there be a romantic comedy that's not just for women that has an attractive man as the lead? I feel like they don't do that. Do you remember we had we'd actually talked about this um, previously, but it was like whenever they do do the opposite people freak the fuck out. Like in girls, when Lena Dunham would hook up with like that one guy who I don't remember who it was, but he was like, uh, no, well, no, because Adam Driver wasn't like hot, like hot to the bone at that time. He wasn't like that. He wasn't known as that smoke show now, but like she hooked up with like, they had like guest actors who were like hot as fuck and she would hook up with them. And then there would be a news story. Like, can, can she really get with a guy like that? It's like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Fucking Jim Belushi gets to fuck... Not Jim Belushi. Wait, who's the King of Queens? Kevin James. Kevin James? <laughs> Kevin James gets with Leah Romini and knows a fucking word about it? No! Counterpoint. There's, <laughs> there's one scene where uh, Charlize Theron is dancing with the Prime Minister of Canada and Seth Rogen whispers to himself, I am worthy of love. And I agree. Seth, you are... I so that wow. was the, I'll give you that that scene that gives him like that gives this movie a little bit of that cover where it's like he's he's literally like doing the like you know the mantra like you know like everyone's worthy of love including me and he got that advice from his dope ass friend Ice Cube's son and holy shit can I just say I never saw O'Shea Jackson in a in a film before but immediately he was on film and I'm like Fuck, that's Ice Cube's kid. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I thought... Can I... Go ahead. Can I say they did Alexander Skarsgård real dirty in this? Like, yeah. That wig they put on him, and I don't know what else they did, but he was supposed to be like a hot Justin Trudeau type. He looked like garbage with that wig on. <laughs> like garbage. Because I'm like, I didn't get the whole I'm like, oh, they're supposed to make this out. He and Charlize Theron are so hot together. And I'm like, he looks insane. I I didn't think he looked that bad. He looks bad. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. He looked kinda of bad. It's a smoke show in real life. Yeah. He looked yeah, well, I mean, look, if we're going to talk doing somebody dirty, my main man Stellan Skarsgård's been getting it for a while now. <laughs> Go rewatch uh, Mamma Mia 2 and you can see Stellan in his uh, prime. All right, we got Colin Firth and we got uh, fucking Pierce Brosnan. Let's put them in nice suits. Uh, Stellan, could you just bring one of your, like, Hawaiian shirt-looking shits from home? Yeah. Uh, okay, so a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, let's see. Uh, I like the running joke of of naming actors who made the jump from TV to movies. I don't know why they kept doing that, just needlessly and just knocking some actors. Can you, can you give me the name? I remember that they did it. Do you remember? Yes. And, um, uh, George Clooney. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then, and then he, someone goes, Jennifer Aniston, and Seth goes, really? Really? <laughs> um, 
this movie reminded me how much I hated Game of Thrones uh, because they talk about the Game of Thrones ending, and you know, I am a hater, so. Oh, you immediately were just like brought back to your <laughs> brought back to where you're just like, God damn it, she wouldn't have done this. This yep. isn't right. <laughs> yep. Uh, so in this in this movie, we live in a world where America. I mean, so much world about Trump, but in a, in this we all in this movie we also elected a TV actor to be the president because they played a TV actor. So yeah. it's such, I like, thought that was funny. So I liked that. But Bob Odenkirk being the the president uh, because of a TV, just like you know Zelensky in Poland. Oh, I'm sorry, Ukraine. Say, in Ukraine. I was gonna say that was literally. I'm like, I'm like, they just took it from Zelensky. Yeah. Um, uh, in the beginning, uh, when after Seth Rogen loses his job at the newspaper, he goes into his fridge and pulls out a Ziploc bag full of tequila. <laughs> I don't think I noticed that. I don't yeah. think I noticed it was tequila. <laughs> it was like labeled tequila. So, um, one of my notes that I that I got from earlier, um, when you know it was around the time when um, Seth Rogen and um, Charlie's um, Theron were first like meeting um, or like first like locked eyes, uh, they they went to that party that that swanky party um, to see boys to men. And um, I was like, <laughs> I type, I wrote my, my note was boys to men playing for a primarily white audience who doesn't seem to know who they are because they all seemed like, like the audience seemed very confused as to who boys to men was. And I'm like, maybe I'm just being weird and I'm noticing stuff. And then Ice Cube's son noticed it too, which is another note I wrote down. Yeah. Where I'm like, nope, I'm not the only one. He noticed, he saw it just as well as I did. <laughs> Did you guys notice? I really that... couldn't. Go ahead. I really couldn't stand the outfit either that uh, I wrote down. Morgan was wearing the like entire first half of the movie. I wrote right? down his outfit. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah, with that 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 jacket. Uh, yes, I, I agree. It took them forever to ask him to put something else on. Right. Way longer than the was a stupid like joke. It was like a froofy uh, Swedish costume, right? Yeah. 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 Oh. Like a really, a really colorful windbreaker with a with an equally colorful and dumb like flat brimmed hat, and I'm oh, like, I, I hate you. No, no, I want to, I want to point out that he's wearing pants that are like really tapered at the bottom, and they make a joke out of it when he's like, when they're like trying to have sex, he pulls it off. He's like, what? Like, wear these stupid pants. Uh, so I thought that was funny. Um, did you guys notice that the actor that they got to play the 13-year-old Seth Rogen did the same exact laugh as yeah, Seth Rogen? Yeah, I did. did notice that. Did not care for it. No, I don't like his laugh. I mean, yeah, Seth's laugh is stupid, but I thought it was a funny, like, a good detail to have the actor do. Uh, let's see. Why, why does Seth have so many drugs when he goes to see Charlize Theron in her office for the first time? There's a scene where the security guard's like, empty your pockets. He's like, here's, he's like, Molly, Coke, fucking what? weed. I didn't know he was going there. I know, but it's just like, he's, he, he's oh. just a vendor with, uh, you know, Ice Cube's son. So I think that was part of their drug adventure. Like, why do they have so many drugs left? It, it, it was like the morning then. Shouldn't you have done most of those? It, it, it's not really a bender if you're just carrying the drugs around like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, the scene, so there's a scene, uh, so Charlize Theron has two kind of staffers, one of them played by June Diane Raphael. Uh, the scene where Seth stumbles upon June and the other staffer uh, have been having sex, uh, I... I'm, I don't care. I thought it was hilarious. The How long has this been happening? And he goes, about 20 minutes. And he goes, no, no, that's not what I meant. And I thought that was a funny scene where he like tries to shake their hand and he's like, no, don't touch me with that. That was uh, that was that was good. I love. I didn't understand why he was so disgusted. Right. Them. Well, I'm like, that, dude. I'm like, I'm like if you, you think if be... you think that guy can't get June Diane Raphael, buckle up, son. <laughs> you shouldn't be getting with Charlize Theron. Yeah, that that was my thought there too. There was a joke in um in. I think it was earlier in the movie um, when um, Charlize Theron was meeting with President Chambers, played by Bob Odenkirk, and I don't know if it was earlier or if it was at another meeting, but he said the quote, I'm not nuking a tsunami, which I lost my mind. (laughs) Where I'm like, let me feverishly write down that note, because it's just in contrast with, like, we at least their, at least their buffoon president was like, well, that's a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. Can we, uh, can we talk about the disgusting first sex scene they had? Yeah. Okay, so I would... in like 30 seconds, I guess. Yeah. Because he's also coming right away. Yeah. Please, yeah. please show me. Please, like, so no. she, says, she says, I'm sorry, I usually don't, I usually uh, last longer. And he goes, I don't. <laughs> I don't, right. Um, <laughs> and they both say, oh boy. Yes. That's their, that's their phrase. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not a fan of because that's just like Seth Rogen stuff. Like, let's yeah. back up or earlier to the the babysitter scene where it was just like the, when he was telling the story, it's just him and O'Shea ja- uh, O'Shea Jackson having like an extensive conversation about literally quote his 13 year old boner unquote, yeah. which yeah. he mentions over and over and over again. And while we're How on is the, this film not written by Seth Rogen? And while we're on the, I'm sure he punched up some stuff. I'm sure he was like, I talk about my dick like this. But while we're on the subject of him talking about getting a boner in front of his babysitter, he was 16 and his babysitter was 13. No, opposite. Sorry, he was 13 and his babysitter was 16. Why is she there? She's three years older than him. Like, honestly, they are going to be in the same school in like a year or less. Also... She then just leaves. So what was she there for in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> like, she walks off. Her and her boyfriend walk off. And I'm like, aren't you babysitting? Like, I know you shouldn't really need to because he's 13, but, like, where the fuck are you going? Do you... Okay, so I just looked this up now. Fun fact. This movie was written by a woman named Liz Hanna. Uh, and she also wrote the movie The Post, which was nominated for Golden Globe for Best Screenplay. That's psychotic. Uh, what? No, I don't. I don't agree with living in a world like that. I don't like. I don't like what you've done right there. I'm not a fan of what you've just told me. So I want to say uh, another great character was June Diane Raphael's character, uh, the staffer for Charlize Theron, and the scene where. <laughs> She goes, okay, so we did some polling, and I want to, we asked people a question, what do you think about, if we asked people questions like, what would, how would you react if, say, Princess Diana 
was dating Guy Fieri. Danny DeVito. And it was Jennifer Aniston and a potato in a teal windbreaker. Yeah, that's, that, that's what this movie was. I'll admit that one really got me. I very much enjoyed that. I, I liked I liked that scene. See, there were like so many things in this movie that they were doing that made it seem like they were trying to make this a feminist movie, like women power and everything else. And I'm just like the whole time I'm like, okay, but your core concept is a really sexist thing that happens to women. And and, and can I say I would think that throughout they would like set up a, a, a like they would set up some sort of feminism and then just beat it with a baseball bat. Yeah. Like they're like, let's get this nonsense the fuck out of here. No, it's no, 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 no. We're still, we're not the movie you want us to be. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, they made, they made jokes about it because they had the fake Fox news, the Wembley media making jokes about like women, are they able to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like they made a shit ton of jokes about that. Uh, and then they pause it back with, you know, Charlize Theron falling in love with Seth Rogen. Uh, so let's see. I had a couple more notes. Uh, I wish people in our government would do a bunch of Molly because that would be funny. That, that scene was funny. That scene was that amazing because it's literally just Charlize running the show while high as fuck. Yeah. And just delivering lines in like the most hilarious way. Oh, yeah. I, I I loved that scene. It was it was her being just straight up hilarious, and to me had nothing to do with Seth Rogen at all, which was like tops for me. Yeah, that was the best scene of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and then the the press conference at the end yeah. with her in the sunglasses. Yeah. Fuck yeah, she's what smoking a cigarette, sitting on the ground, talking to. Um, uh, a foreign actor who's fucking shit up and she says look man just chill chill why don't we all just chill this doesn't need to happen <laughs> uh, like, great. Like, yeah, he is kind of an asshole i'm like this is amazing that's i agree if that's if that's what was happening in the sit room when we got osama bin laden <laughs> i would have made that so much better i think <laughs> Uh, well, another scene that I thought was funny, really funny, was towards the end where uh, Seth Rogen is having a conversation with O'Shea Jackson, and O'Shea, he goes, Republicans are fucking wrong, etc. goes on a spiel about that, and O'Shea Jackson goes, I have news for you, I'm a Republican. And he goes, oh, that, is that why you spot all this pull you up by your bootstraps bullshit, that Republican shit? Oh, and it worked on me, fuck! I thought that was so funny. Uh, he was. Uh, he said that he was. Uh, he was down with the GOP and the GOD. Yeah, like that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you never wear this cross my whole life? He's like, I don't know. And then, <laughs> I thought it was a cultural. Thing. I thought it was a cultural thing. Oh man, that was great. That was that was good. Um, I can we real quick and just can we pause and just ask? Did they ever use protection ever? Cause, cause I don't think if we're again we're talking about this movie teetering towards feminism and then just crashing for like super away from it. I don't think they ever used any sort of protection at all at any point, which I thought was weird. <laughs> like literally, she's like, "I need you to come up my room and and work on the speech," and then when they fucked for that like thirty two seconds or what, like. <laughs> 
no no protection was used because the majority of the scene was them taking their pants off. Maybe uh, he's wearing it under already. That's he's already wearing it. He's got it pre-holstered. Yep. Can we talk about how they made um, releasing a blackmail sex tape of Seth Rogen into a joke? The revenge porn. Yeah, like that's a crime. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's like a sexual assault of sorts, you know? Also, like also... A really it, fucked up thing that they just like, also, oh, isn't that funny? Also, that wouldn't happen because... It's incredibly illegal? She literally said, well, no, people do incredibly illegal stuff all the time, but she said in front of a crowd of people and a camera, um, I'm not going along with what Wembley Media wants, so they're gonna release a photo, uh, sorry, a video of my boyfriend masturbating, and then the guy's just like, release the video! Release the video! And it's like, Shouldn't you not do that? Because, like, she just said you were gonna, and now we know who did the crime? <laughs> like, they're they're smarter than that, right? Like, they wouldn't do it immediately at that point. They'd fucking wait until it died down, and then fucking burn her with it later. She's running for president. This is an October surprise, guys. This is an October surprise. A random, crazy video that pops out that really fucks up a campaign. This is the Comey letter. They could have Comey lettered her. Yep. Yeah, and the, the sex tape itself is Seth Rogen pouring himself a glass of wine, getting some fine lotion, and then masturbating to Charlize Theron giving speeches. That's, that's, it's, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was ridiculous. And, an unnecessarily long masturbation scene until you remember, oh, it's Seth Rogen, so this yeah. is supposed to be hilarious. Yeah. Like, oh, I forgot how funny it is that he's jerking off i guess question mark yeah yeah and uh, so that kind of brings up my my i think my last my last note as i have is that the 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 ending to this movie for me kind of fell a little flat uh the emotional high of the movie features charlie theron giving a speech and in that speech she says he jerks off and so do all you you so deal with it and i'm like all right okay so deal with it america and then walked off yeah yeah so but hey, she got elected. Right. That was my. That was like a thing. That that was the thing that literally took all of the realism away from this movie. There for was me. realism in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, there was not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, okay. So I think we've kind of reached the finality of this. Uh, Katrina, do you have any final closing thoughts on this on this movie? I hate Seth Rogen. <laughs> Charlize Theron deserves better. Uh, two out of ten. Two out of ten. Solid. There were some <laughs> jokes. Yep. Terrain, what about you? I think this movie was long. Yes, it was so long. I, I in fact, I know one time at one point we had tra- we had to stop. I think my mother called or something along the lines. So we had to stop the we had to stop the movie, and we both got real sad at what like what happened was it was at that dance scene where he was whispering himself. We didn't hear what he oh, said the first time, so we, we went back to hear "I'm Worthy" or whatever, and I'm worthy it of showed love. how much longer was left in the movie. It was like an hour, and we both just went, "No, we like, how? What else do you guys have no. to do?" Um, I, this was a bad movie. <laughs> uh, this for also just in a political, like in a political way, she, he was a bad speechwriter. She was bad at delivering the speeches he wrote that were also <laughs> bad. So altogether, she shouldn't have won this election. Um, it should have been a walk for the other person. Um, it was bad. One and a half out of 10. Wow. I, I can't, I can't in good conscience make this the same 
or better than To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Because that movie was, I thought, I thought, I'm like, wow, that movie sucked. And then I watched this movie. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. I, I want you to know that I didn't suggest this as a way to torture you or anything. No, to be I, fair, I was going to suggest it, but I picked the American president. I was so happy that you suggested this. What was yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes for this one? Oh fucking! Oh my god! No, it's, it's high. Yeah, it's high. The Rotten Tomatoes from this one is eighty-two. <laughs> it's eighty-two. It's certified fresh. It's literally nine points behind the American president. And that and that is the top seventy-five. <laughs> the best American romance story ever on movies. So this has got to be like at least top one hundred. Well, I mean, to all the boys I loved before is higher. Yeah, that one's a 97. So, holy shit, that's the greatest romance the world has ever known. <laughs> you know, uh, so coming into this podcast, I liked this movie more than you two. I thought some things were funny, but now talking to you, I, I feel guilty for liking it. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that to you. I, as I was entertained, I didn't think it was boring at all. So, um, and some of the jokes I did like. The some jokes I did not like, like the masturbation bit, I didn't like it. I thought that sex scene was awkward. So, like, don't get me wrong, there was definitely some stuff that I thought did not land at all. But some some jokes I thought did land. So I, I, I don't know. I would say now, after talking it out, maybe a five out of ten. What was it before you talked it out? <laughs> I wrote eight out of ten. I liked it. <laughs> Well, I guess you're a Rotten Tomatoes reviewer. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. Maybe I- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I, I did. I wanted you to sit in that moment for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, finally, I wish we could have had a, I wish we could in real life have a president and Canadian prime minister power couple. Because how, how the fuck would that even work? That's, that's, that's right, right. Uh, but okay, so we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, how uh, have you guys been watching anything lately? Anything you want to talk about, movie, TV wise? Anything to suggest for anybody? I just started watching Normal People, um, the Hulu series. I, I had that docketed. Is that good? I'm really enjoying it so far, but I'm a person who likes serious romances, and that's what it is. So, um, yeah, I really like it so far, but Terrain would hate it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Terrain, what about you? I would suggest if you want to take, like, maybe just three hours of your day and enjoy some really funny improv comedy, I would suggest Middle Ditch and Shorts oh. on oh, Netflix. It is absolutely hysterical um the conversations with the audience to get the prompts are really really funny and then the prompts themselves uh, acted out are hilarious i and i i i'm a big ben schwartz stan so i think it is uh it is lovely it is funny um take take your time and t- take your time to watch that it's really really good to, really good time conversely i'm a big tom thomas middleditch fan so uh, this is this is perfect. Uh, I think the best parts of that is when they kind of forget where they were going, and then yes, yes. The, the times that they they have to sit and negotiate and like figure out where they are 
It is absolutely funny. I would also suggest in the last one, even if you don't want to watch the whole thing, they have a lead up to uh, a, a scene that they're like the like a part of the scene that they're doing where they have to play rock, paper, scissors. And it is just so funny because it turns into a real game of rock, paper, scissors. And you just watch Ben Schwartz um, mentally manipulate Thomas Middleditch into picking something and so he can win. It's amazing. Perfect. I would say, I would kind of suggest that you, everybody, give uh, the show Dave a watch. On It's on Hulu, but uh, airs on FX on Hulu. The first season is complete. I thought it was really funny, really well written. Some some Atlanta-like qualities. I know it's uh, easy to compare them because it's a show about a rapper on FX, but it's I, I think there's a lot of similarities. similarities. Uh, it's good. Really good show uh, about little Dicky. So, you know. All right, uh, I think that's uh, kind of a wrap on this episode. Thank you guys for coming on. Terrain, thank you for being my first repeat guest. Uh, I I will be back as much as you will have me, my friend. I got stuff in the pipeline, so don't you worry. Uh, And (laughs) probably the same uh, for you, Katrina, if you want to come back on. We can watch other romantic movies or other things you like, whatever. Next time they should be sad. <laughs> Next time they should be sad. Ooh. I don't know how the podcast will be entertaining, but <laughs> this is where I cried here and here and here. Wait. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap on this episode of Arista's Movie Adventure. I have been your host, Arista, and uh, once again, thank you, Terrain and Katrina, for coming on. Peace. Thank God. you. Yeah. <laughs>